Hey, welcome friends. Have you ever tried to comply with a policy that just did not make sense? I mean, some policies are easy to understand and some are just plain dumb. But as auditors, we always talk about policies. And sometimes this frustrates our clients. So today, we're going to talk about the importance of policies. So join us on this episode of Audit Bites titled, Why Auditors Always Harp on Policies. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to Audit Bites, the podcast that helps auditors become awesome. Join us for bite-sized info and education to excel in your auditing career. Welcome, friends, to episode number 54 of Audit Bites, Why Auditors Always Harp on Policies. Remember, we are the first live podcast discussing, well, auditing. You see, we're striving to make auditors awesome, and you can catch up on past episodes on your favorite podcasting platform or on auditbytes.com. Now, today, I've got a question for you all. I've got a real serious question for you. Lean in, lean in. Lean in. I want you to be able to hear this question because this, this is a very serious question. Listen. Have you ever tried to comply with a policy that just did not make sense? Have you ever been asked to comply with a policy that just didn't make sense? As an auditor, have you ever written an issue and you thought to yourself, this policy doesn't make sense, but it is our policy? Has that ever happened to any of you all? But also, why do you think policies are even necessary? If you read a lot of publicly available audit reports that are on the Internet, they always harp on policies. They say something like XYZ company violated policy ABC. And sometimes this drives our clients crazy. Mostly because, well, we don't actually address the risk when we write up the policy issues the way that we do nowadays. You see, oftentimes we auditors use a policy as a shield to not communicate risk. So have you ever tried to comply with a policy that did not make sense? And if you did, how did it make you feel? You see, most policies actually have a purpose. But when we write up our issues, we don't discuss the purpose of the policy. We just say someone didn't comply with this policy. So I'm curious, have you ever tried to comply with a policy that did not make sense? Now, my man Clarence is here and he says, greetings for day two. Yeah, man, this is the second day in a row that you guys are seeing me. So, you know, some of you might be glad and some of you may be like, oh, get off of our screen. But, but, but policies are important and sometimes auditors harp on policies without addressing the real risk. Now, speaking of policies, most of you need training in order to keep your certifications. That is a policy. So let me tell you about an upcoming training event that you don't want to miss. It is the Talk Business Think Audit Summit. It is myself and Dr. Sabine Charles. We're going to give you three hours. Well, I don't want to say give because we're not giving it for free, but we're going to give you three hours of CPE. The first hour is 
how to talk business as an auditor. The second hour is artificial intelligence. And the third hour is how to map out your audit career. I dropped the link in the chat for anyone who is interested. Now, what in the world is a policy? What in the world is a policy? Well, policies are like the company's rule book. They guide everyone on, well, how to play the game. They set boundaries. They define the do's and the don'ts. And they ensure that everyone is on the same page. Imagine just like a road sign keeping traffic going smoothly. Policies keep the organization running in the right direction. That is what a policy is. Policies represent the heartbeat of a company. They provide clarity consistency, and a commitment to doing what's right. But yet all too often, policies can be problematic. Policies can be problematic. Now, I know some of you are thinking, wait a minute, how in the world is an auditor sitting here saying that sometimes policies are problematic? Well, let me give you one example. You know, we like to give examples here, so let's do that. If you watch American football, the National Football League, the NFL, their players often complain that the league is inconsistent about what it does and does not merit after you get fined for misconduct. You see, if you do something that they deem to be bad, you will have to pay a fine. It could be thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, even hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you will be fined. Now, recently, the linebacker for the Denver Broncos, Josie Jewell, he says that he's having a hard time trying to figure out whether his signature celebration is allowed. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. When a player makes a really good play, Oftentimes they do something to celebrate and his signature celebration happens to be the finger guns. You know, he shoots. So he's been known for doing this as his signature celebration. When he did it in a recent game against the Chiefs, he got a letter from the NFL informing him that he had been fined for it. Now, he appealed and the fine was rescinded. Now, based on that, he was under the impression that he was allowed to do the celebration. So let me ask you all, is that reasonable? He did something that they deemed wrong. He said, wait a minute, I don't think this is wrong. I'm going to appeal. On appeal, it was overturned. And so in his mind, he thought that he was OK to do it. What do you all think about that? If something like that happened to you, would you think that you would be OK to do this thing? Because they said it wasn't good. You said, wait a minute, let me plead my case. You pleaded your case. And then they said, OK, you know, we'll give you your money back. We won't find you. I think most reasonable human beings would say. Yeah, this is OK. Unfortunately, in another game after this, he did his signature celebration and he was fined 
yet again. He's now in the process of trying to get a good understanding of what is allowed and what is not allowed. He went on to tell the league that he's not trying to simulate violence. He just simply likes clay shooting pigeons. Now, whether that's true or not, it still does not undermine the fact that the current policy and execution of the policy is extremely confusing. So now, this is what most modern organizations face when they have policies that are ambiguous and not consistently applied. They end up causing confusion to customers, clients, and coworkers. So what we're going to talk about today are seven reasons why policies are important. Seven reasons why policies are important. Now, my hopes in doing this is that, well, one, auditors can understand the importance of policies and stop writing up issues saying they violated this policy without talking about why and what the risk is for violating a policy. Give your clients some perspective on why the policy violation actually matters. That's my first hope. My second hope is to give you some talking points so that you can be able to articulate the importance of policies to your clients. All right. So now, before I go to the seven, let's go to our audience because we have some people that are making some very good comments. This is why I love you all. Now, Heather says he should have asked for clarity. Yeah, he, he should have. I agree with you. And at the same time, I do believe that he probably assumed, and you know what you do when you assume, but we do it all the time, that he assumed that when the fine was rescinded, that that was the clarity that he needed, that it was his okay. So I agree with you. He should have asked, but I can also understand why a reasonable person, a reasonable person would assume that it was okay. And Amanda Knight is here. And Amanda says, I would agree with that logic if they didn't have a disclaimer saying as long as you don't do it anymore. Yeah, that's it. They didn't say you shouldn't do it again. They just rescinded it. So a reasonable person would kind of assume that it was okay. Now, the reason I bring up the NFL example is because this is just an example of the things we and our clients face in real life. This is an example of things that us and our clients face in real life. So seven reasons policies are important. Number one, well, they simply help to mitigate risk. Policies help identify and address potential risk and hazards within the organization. So by outlining safety protocols, ethical guidelines, legal requirements, and other such things, policies minimize the likelihood of accidents, legal issues, and reputational damage. So policies simply help to mitigate risk. The second thing is policies set expectations. We want people to behave a certain way. We need to tell them what our expectations are. We want our people to perform certain processes. We need to help them understand what those processes are. So, so policies, 
define the expectations for employee behavior, employee performance, and employee conduct. Clear policies provide employees with a framework for understanding what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And so in the end, this should lead to improved productivity and professionalism. Unless you find someone and then rescind the fine and then find them again for doing the exact same thing that you rescinded the fine on previously. I mean, anybody else confused by that? You know, anybody else confused with me in that? Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this was just cut and dry to everyone else. What do you all think about this? Now, the third reason that policies are important is they help maintain consistency. I mean, let's be real. Policies provide a set of guidelines and rules that ensure consistency in decision making and also actions. Now, hold on tight to that because we're going to talk in a minute about an example of inconsistent decision making when policies were in place. And some of you might remember this one, but for those of you who don't, after the show, I'll try and drop the links into the chat so that you can read it because it is extremely mind blowing. So just hold on tight. But think about it. This consistency promotes fairness and equality amongst employees. It reduces the potential for favoritism and bias amongst employees, vendors, contractors, customers, and the like. So by having policies, it helps to reduce bias and favoritism. Will people try and skirt around the cop, skirt around the policies? Yes, that happens. But having a policy is better than not having one. Okay. Now, our next reason is policies help promote transparency. Simply put, policies help promote transparency. Policies foster transparency by outlining the processes and procedures within an organization. You see, this transparency, it does a few things. Transparency improves communication and trust between management and employees. It also helps to reduce misunderstandings and conflicts. Now, let's dig a little deeper into this. Policies help reduce misunderstandings and conflicts. Unless, of course, you are Starbucks. A lot of people really, really like Starbucks. And don't send me your hate mail telling me how much you love Starbucks. Just listen to the story and then you'll see what I mean and where I am going with this. Starbucks used to have a policy that you could not loiter in the store unless you purchase something. So let me explain the term loitering. In other words, you couldn't just sit around the store and use up the resources like the restroom, the table and the Wi-Fi unless you purchased something. That is until 2018. You see, there was an incident that happened in 2018 where there were some gentlemen sitting in the store and they were waiting on someone else to come. 
Apparently, they were in the store for longer than the manager would like for them to be in the store without purchasing something, and she called the police. These gentlemen were arrested and taken out of the store. The backlash on this was brutal. The manager was transferred to another store and subsequently fired. The district manager was also terminated. The CEO went on record to say the manager should not have done what the manager did. However, Starbucks clearly had a policy in place that allowed store managers to directly speak to individuals and to also call law enforcement if necessary. So this store manager actually followed the policy and was terminated. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that what she did was right in every single instance. For example, news stories report that she didn't go and speak to them and tell them she was calling the police. She did speak to them initially and engage. But when she called the police, she didn't say. I'm going to have to call the police on you if you do not leave. She just called them. So there are a lot of things she could have done differently. However. It is my understanding that Starbucks had a policy. She followed said policy. And then the CEO came out and said, well, she shouldn't have done what she did. What ended up happening was they closed down many of their stores to provide some all day training. And there was a lot of bad press in the news for a very, very, very long time. Now, here's where this story gets really interesting. There were some studies that were done saying that, well, this had a negative impact on Starbucks because what they did was they rescinded that policy and they said, you could come into the store now. You didn't have to buy anything. You could use the Wi-Fi, use the resources and everything. There was a study done in 2019 saying that this had a huge impact on them negatively and that they saw a loss in business. Starbucks refuted the study results. Starbucks refuted the study results, saying that they actually saw an increase in sales. However, if many of you have been in Starbucks recently, you'll see that many of them had instituted passcodes just to get into their restrooms. Now, why would they do that if the policy that they rescinded was actually a good move to rescind that policy? Just think about this for a minute. Why, why would you now have passcodes on your restroom? Oh, by the way, they also reinstated policy. So so now you you need to buy something in order to use the resources in the store. So it sounds like the policy was probably a good policy to begin with, and it may have needed some small updates and amendments, not an overhaul, because they went back to the previous policy that they had. So So the point here is don't waffle on your policies unless they really are irrelevant. So Let's talk about reason number five, that policies are actually important. The fifth reason is they help you manage conflicts. You see, policies provide a framework for resolving conflicts and disputes amongst employees or between employees and management or between employees and customers. By offering clear guidelines for conflict resolution, policies help maintain a harmonious workplace. Now, Heather is saying, yeah, Starbucks, they eventually force people to leave. Yes, they do eventually force people to leave. So they had a policy. They had this incident that blew up in their face. 
They rescinded the policy. Guess what? Wasn't a good idea to rescind the policy. So then they brought the policy back. Realistically, if they had just stuck with the policy to begin with, regardless of the backlash, probably would have been better off. Policies exist for a reason. Policies exist for a reason. So now let's go to reason number six, that policies are important. They help support decision making. I mean, they help support decision making. If you take the story earlier from the NFL, after his fine was rescinded, he figured that what he was doing was in line with the policy. So he decided to do his signature celebration yet again. Now he's been fined again, and it's just a state of confusion. If you have a policy, clearly define the policy and stick to it as auditors. If you see policies that don't make sense, say something. If you see policies that need a little bit more clarity, say something. Policies support decision making. Policies provide a reference point for decision making within your organization. And the seventh reason that policies are important is that they promote your organization's culture. Let's not be mistaken here. Policies contribute to shaping the organization culture by reflecting the organization's values and its mission. Well-defined policies help build positive work culture that fosters employee engagement, employee satisfaction, and employee loyalty. Policies are definitely important. And so you all have policies you have to adhere to by getting 40 hours of training per year. That's why I want to invite you to the Talk Business Think Audit Summit. It's being held on February the 6th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Three different topics in three different hours. The first topic is how to talk business as an auditor. Second topic is artificial intelligence. Don't be afraid of it. Third topic is how to navigate your audit career. I dropped the link into the chat for you. This is episode number 54 of Audit Bites. Why auditors harp on policies. If you like this episode, send it to a friend. If you like my presentation style, you know, a combination of visuals and storytelling along with lessons that, well, I think are helpful. Do you think it's helpful? Then refer me to your local Institute of Internal Auditors chapter, your local ACFE chapter, your local ISACA chapter. By the way, if you have an audit department that's, I don't know, eight to 10 or more, bring me in to do a customized personal training for your group. Now, let's go back to our audience. Amanda Knight says they just wanted a scapegoat by firing the manager because of the negative press instead of addressing the root cause of the confusion with loitering. I agree, but let me add to that. Not only did they fire the manager who worked at the store, they fired the district manager. If you read some of the articles, it gets real interesting. They say they they say that they terminated the district manager because they wanted to bring in another manager who had better conflict resolution skills to deal with something of this magnitude. Now, something of this magnitude only happens like once in a lifetime, maybe twice. So why why terminate her? Oh, by the way, let me bring this story full circle. Circle. Recently, that district manager was awarded something like $23.6 million. I may have the exact number wrong, 
So now, because this policy that the company instituted, they were not uh, uh, steadfast in defending it and or seriously apologizing for it and developing one that worked for them, if that were the case. Years later, and I think this this verdict just came down uh, end of 2023. So they had to now go to court. Spend time, effort and energy in court only. To then have to pay out. Over 20 million dollars to her. And from what I read recently, they're also now negotiating uh, them having to pay her attorney's fees as well. If you have a policy, determine if it's accurate, if it's necessary, stick by it. But worse yet or best yet, stick by your employees who stick by the policies that you create. Now, for us as auditors, here are our lessons. Stop just writing up that policies weren't followed. Address the risk that the underlying policy is there to address. If the policy is outdated, talk about it being outdated. Don't just simply write up the fact that your clients didn't comply with a policy that's outdated and unnecessary. Those are some of the worst issues I see in audit reports. Let's stop doing that. Oh, God. Now, my man, Jim Grimes is here and he says, always enjoy. Appreciate your support, Jim. Appreciate your support. Your support. Um, and then Heather says, terrible cover story by them. I tell you what, if you all don't see me dropping the links in afterwards, remind me because I, I want to drop the links in so that you can go read it for yourself. I was sitting there reading it. and I was like, whoa, this is insane. Amanda Knight says, wow, that undermines even more the importance of having an accurate and clear policy in place that aligns with expectation. Yeah. What's that old saying? Either you're going to pay me now or you're going to pay me later. I mean, it, it, anyway, now there were some other issues that went into play with this whole concern because there was the issue of race and all that other stuff. However, Starbucks had a policy. People attempted to follow the policy. Those people were thrown under the bus. Now, what that says to me is, why would I want to work for an organization that does not have my back when I do what they ask me to do? All right. Thank you all for joining me on episode number 54 of Audit Bites. Again, if you like it, recommend it to friends. Go over to your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review so that we can spread the word about this podcast. I think it's impactful and I think it's helpful. If you think the same, let some of your friends know about it. Until next time, people. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of Audit Bites. If you receive value from this podcast, do us a favor. First, tell other auditors. Second, give us a five-star review. And finally, talk to Robert about training your auditors. Our contact information is on our website, www.thatauditguy.com. It's also where you will find our course catalog, on-demand courses, a kick-butt blog, other podcasts, Robert's best-selling books, and last but not least, audit merch. That's right, we have audit hats, shirts, mugs, and more. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next episode.